The Bible commands us not to kill other people, and it gives us reasons to defend our own lives. But what about when we apply these principles to nations? Some warfare is inherently evil, and is there ever war that is good, or at least justified? For many centuries, Christian ethicists have been developing a body of principles known as the just war tradition. Let's learn more about it on this episode of the Gospel Gumbo Podcast. To begin, let's examine the first basic tenet of the Christian just war tradition, just cause. According to this principle, military force is deemed morally justifiable when it is employed in response to an unjust aggression or a significant threat to human life, freedom, or dignity. The use of force is seen as a means of self-defense or defense against others uh, with aggression or grave injustice. The concept of just cause resonates with the biblical mandate to protect the innocent and pursue justice in the face of evil. This means that we do not go to war merely for financial gain, for greater access to resources, for revenge, or to expand our kingdom. War is only for defense. War can never be aggressive. Building upon just cause is a second principle, the principle of right intention. It emphasizes the motive behind going to war. It states that the primary motive should be to reestablish justice, to protect the innocent, and restore peace. Self-interest, revenge, or the pursuit of power are considered morally inappropriate motives for engaging in armed conflict. The principle of right intention aligns with the teachings of Jesus who emphasize love, forgiveness, and seeking reconciliation even in the midst of conflict. Even if the cause is just, our intentions must be right for any war to be morally justified. So we need both a just cause and a right intention. Another central principle of the just war tradition is that of last resort. It asserts that military force should only be considered when all peaceful means of resolving a conflict have been exhausted or are deemed completely futile. Diplomacy, negotiation, and all other nonviolent options should be pursued and exhausted before resorting to military action. The principle of last resort reflects the Christian value of exhausting every possible avenue of peaceful resolution and maintaining a commitment to nonviolence. All people are made in the image of God, and if there is any option to end the violence without resorting to killing people, we must explore that option before we engage in any violence. This is in line with those who complain that the United States, uh, that in the United States, if our State Department was much bigger, we wouldn't need to have such a large military. I'm not sure if that is true or not true, but the idea behind it is that we uh, need to try as hard as we possibly can to use nonviolent means to end conflict. War must be a last resort. Okay, so let's say we have a just cause, a right intention, and we have exhausted all other avenues to peace. What other principles do we have? Well, fourth, we have the principle of proportionality. 
It stipulates that the anticipated benefits of using military force must outweigh the expected harm and destruction that it will cause. The use of force should be limited and proportionate to the gravity of the threat or the injustice being addressed. This principle seeks to prevent excessive and disproportionate use of force, recognizing the inherent value of human life and the importance of minimizing harm. Or here's another way to say it. As soon as the threat of violence is gone, we lay down our weapons and begin talking again. Okay, so we have a just cause, a right intention, we've exhausted all the other avenues to peace, and we use force proportionately. Is that enough? No. Because the fifth principle is discrimination and non-combatant immunity. This principle emphasizes that military force should be directly uh, should be directed solely against combatants and military targets while distinguishing between combatants and non-combatants. Deliberately targeting innocent civilians or non-combatants is considered morally unacceptable. This principle aligns with the Christian ethic of valuing the sanctity of human life and treating all individuals with dignity and respect. If someone is not a direct threat to the life of others, that person does not need to be addressed with military force. Actual practice, honestly, is very difficult here when enemy combatants use innocent citizens as shields. Now, while the practice of this principle may be difficult, the principle itself is simple and clear. The only targets for military force are those who are a threat to kill others. Okay, so let's say we have a just cause, a right intention, we have exhausted all the other avenues to peace, we will use force proportionately, and we will discriminate between combatants and non-combatants. Well, other Christian ethicists have articulated and nuanced principles of just war, but these five get to the heart of it for sure. With these five principles in place, let me mention a few specific applications of the just war tradition. The, just, the Christian just war tradition places limits on the means and methods used in warfare. Torture, indiscriminate bombing, and the use of weapons and mass destruction are basically prohibited. Christian just war tradition requires that we treat prisoners of war with dignity and respect. They are no longer threats as long as we hold them securely, and when the conflict is over, they should be returned to their homelands. The Christian just war tradition upholds the dignity and value of human life even in the midst of armed conflict. And if war is morally required, we go reluctantly, sadly, and we try to minimize damage wherever possible. And as soon as the threat is neutralized, we lay down our weapons and begin talking again. Okay, now there is a ton of space in the margins and in the specifics for people to disagree on the application of these principles. But the aim of the just war tradition is to provide a framework for ethical decision-making in matters of war and conflict, seeking to minimize the destructive consequences of armed conflicts while upholding moral values. These principles and their application have been developed over many centuries by our brothers and sisters, reflecting on the Bible's teaching about life, death, grace, mercy, the gospel, justice, redemption, truth, love, and violence. I know people who have died in war and those who have 
have not died but have served in battle zones. Some are proud of their service and others are ashamed. And there are good reasons for a variety of thoughts and feelings here. It is good to restrain evil and it is good to live at peace with all. Let's strive to do that in our lives today by God's grace. Hey there, amazing listeners of the Gospel Gumbo Podcast. I've got something special to share with you today. First off, if you are loving what you hear, do me a solid and spread the word. Tell a friend, a colleague, or even a neighbor about the podcast. It's the best way to help me grow and reach more people like you. And don't forget to hit the follow button yourself so you never miss an episode. Next up, I would love to hear from you. Your feedback means the world to me. Take a moment to rate and review on your favorite podcast player. Your reviews will help others to discover the soulful goodness of the Gospel Gumbo podcast. And then, if you've got suggestions or corrections or you just want to say hi, shoot me an email. I am all ears and I can't wait to hear from you. And now for something really exciting. I've set up a special opportunity for our dedicated listeners. If you've ever wished that you could binge on more Gospel Gumbo goodness without any interruptions, well, now you can For just $5, you can unlock access to 10 bonus episodes and enjoy all the episodes ad-free. Just click on the link in the show notes to get started. Now, why is there an emphasis on downloads, feedback, and support? It's simple. The more love I receive from you all, the sooner I can roll out Season 2. So, thanks for being part of the Gospel Gumbo family. Your support keeps me going.